artificial intelligence is getting good. Like really good. In the past few months, new versions of AI chatbots have caught a lot of people off guard with how good artificial intelligence is at doing human things. Like writing, creating art, and even talking. For example, the voice you hear now isn't DMV Download Podcast host Luke Garrett. Well, not really. He wrote the words you are hearing, but artificial intelligence is giving a voice after listening to Luke's voice, cutting it up into parts, and then putting it back together. I literally have shivers. That's pretty creepy. It's me, the real Luke Garrett now. Safe to say, it's time we get to know AI. Because for better or for worse, it's an incredible technology that can really fool us or possibly really help us. Who better to talk to about this than Professor Rama Chalapa, a Bloomberg Distinguished Professor in Electrical and Computer Engineering and Biomedical Engineering and Chief Scientist at the Johns Hopkins Institute of Assured Autonomy. He is a pioneer in the area of artificial intelligence. He's worked in computer vision, pattern recognition, machine learning, and has had a profound impact on areas including biometrics, smart cars, forensics, 2D and 3D modeling of faces. This guy knows a lot and has been doing this for longer than I've been alive. We sat down in his office up in Baltimore to really talk about what AI is and how it'll impact all of our worlds. Rama, welcome to the DMV Download Podcast. Thank you so much for welcoming the show to your office and Johns Hopkins. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, so you are a expert on artificial intelligence. You've been working in this field for years, decades. I think the general public has come into contact with AI increasingly over the last decade. Siri, Alexa, you know, self-driving cars. What is your definition of artificial intelligence? I think there's still a lot of uncertainty over what it means. Yeah, I actually have in my view graphs, when I talk about AI, at least four different <laughs> definitions. <laughs> One that what people commonly think of AI, and then there is something from a dictionary, and there's something from even US Congress in 2017. So in general, what we think of AI is, is, a, is a software system, basically, that can ingest data and domain knowledge and make informed decisions. And on some tasks, they can excel uh, what humans do, but in many other tasks, humans are still better. So AI, you can view it as, as a, a software system that exploits data and domain knowledge when it is appropriate. Uh, that's what it is, it mm. makes informed decisions. Mm. And you know, I think everyone who even isn't an expert at AI recognizes there's something different about it. You know, it seems like a step up or a level up, you know, when they interact with Siri, ChatGPT, GPT-4 now. What's that difference? Like, how would you describe that difference in computing? I think that difference is, we didn't think AI would be this good sometimes. <laughs> I think the reason is the AI had its ups and downs. You know, in the late 70s, when we were getting introduced to AI, it was going through a rough patch. There was real concern whether it has been over-promised, and uh, in some cases, yes, you know, it was over-promised. So we went through what is known as AI winter, right? In fact, I used to, I'm still joking about it. In the 80s, we used to say if it worked, it's pattern recognition. If it did not work, it was AI. In the 90s, <laughs> we used to say if it worked, it's computer vision. If it didn't work, it's probably AI. So AI had this issue with it, but now suddenly, 
it has uh, become very good at mining data. And now we have a lot more data than we used to have before. So look, in the early days, AI was more domain driven. Mm. You know, you had to be a domain expertise, you design rule-based systems, or you will set up some kind of causal relationship, various things, and then do inference with them and so forth. And uh, data was available. But it was not the main uh, driver of technology development. Now we have so much data, right? We are collecting data from wearables, and then you know people put stuff in various social platforms and this and that. So data is available to mine, mm. and that has improved the performance of AI on certain kinds of tasks. Right. So in other words, before you had to give it a step-by-step -step process, and now it can kind of operate not alone, but uh, it can do things independently in some ways. Yeah, it needs help still. That's what we call supervised learning. We have to say, hey, this is how a car looks like. Uh, this is how a van looks like. This is how a dog looks like, etc. And then it picks it up. And slowly we are moving towards the time where we wanted to try to learn. It's called self-supervised learning. It mm. wants to learn on its own. When that becomes really well performing now then we should be <laughs> more excited and sometimes maybe have a little bit more concern about what this thing is going to do and i want to talk more about that yeah. uh, later on but before we do you know we now have a pretty good definition of what ai was it's you know history yeah. a little bit yeah. but how does it work and i know that's going to be really tough yeah. to do for this audience even for <laughs> me you know an internal combustion engine the fuel goes in, you spark it, it explodes, pistons turn, and then the car moves. I think most people can understand that's how an internal combustion engine moves. For AI, what are those processes? Yeah, you know, I once gave a talk where I compared to what is happening with AI now as uh, what a pasta machine does. If you have a pasta machine, you know, what do you do? You put flour, you put oil, you put salt, and then you have various knobs, whether you want, uh, you know, spaghetti or <laughs> tortellini or, <laughs> right. or whatever, right? <clears throat> so AI, uh, now the way it operates is kind of like a, a pasta machine. Data is the flour, <laughs> okay? And then annotations kind of serve the roles of, you know, oil and uh, salt and all that stuff. And then we have various knobs, which are kind of different loss functions. For example, if I want to say whether this particular image has a face or not, it's a two-class problem. It's a detection problem, right? Uh, if I want to say, where is, um, you know, look, looking at what is this pitch uh, and roll, it's a numerical problem. So we use different kinds of loss functions. So you can view them as different kinds of pasta. So it's like a, a machine that takes in data and that takes uh, annotations, right? Um, and then tries to understand the mapping from data to the annotation. So when I give your face to the AI system now, I say this is Luke, and this is how his face looks like. Mm. So there is a mapping, right, from your face to the label that you are Luke. And the deep learning machine tries to understand how that mapping works. So once it figures it out, and then anytime I give a face of a Luke, you should say, hey, this is Luke. Mm. Not always. Sometimes it may confuse you with others, or if you wear a mustache <laughs> and a wig <laughs> and all of that, it may say you are somebody else. Right. But this is uh, basically, it understand, tries to model the mapping between data and labels. Mm. That's what the current AI is all about. That's why data has become so important. That's why giving annotations has become very important. Wow. And you use the word understanding. The machine tries to understand what's going on. I think that's what sometimes for philosophers, for just regular people, it makes them concerned. Whoa, a machine has understanding. 
it might scare them. Like, what's the distinction between a human and maybe not AI now, but yeah. AI in 30, 100 years? Yeah, I think when I said understanding, I probably should have been careful. Well, <laughs> I don't mean to harp on that. No, no I no, just no. want to bring it up. I don't know. I, I think that's a good question. AI, uh, mathematically, it tries to figure out what this mapping is, but mm. it, it doesn't understand uh, uh, Luke, you know, the mapping that I would understand, right? Okay, so it's it's uh, common sense reasoning is still missing. Mm. So when we say understanding, you know, humans, we understand with the context, right? Um, okay, whereas AI will get a little confused. Just to give you an example, you know, if I see you, um, let's say tomorrow in DC, mm -hmm. okay, in a different setup, you know, with a you know different shirt and this and that, yeah, I'll say, yeah, that's Luke. Right. I had, but yeah, I may get a little uh, confused because it, it is seeing you in a different uh, background. So how it will detect your face and how it will recognize outdoor conditions are different, the lighting conditions here are different. So all of these things, so it really doesn't understand, understand, but in a mathematical way, it tries to figure out the mapping with the idea next time when a similar data is given, it will give you a similar output. So mm. that is the uh, difference between how humans will perceive uh, faces and how a machine will uh, perceive faces. Mm. You know, I've played around on DALI, you know, ChatGPT, now yeah. uh, GPT-4, and even though you know it's a computer doing these things, it gives you poetry, it gives you, yeah. you know, uh, uh, paragraphs that sound real, you know, sound like a human, sound like your friend. You know, this is very interesting. If you see my book early on, we talk about the, the, one of the earliest systems where you could have a conversation, and then it pretty much was only repeating what you were saying. <laughs> you know, so if you say, how are you? Oh, I'm happy. Oh, you look like you are happy. It just kind of repeats, but it's after a while, people feel like, oh, I'm really talking to a person. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because for us, we are so used to talking to other humans. Whereas when we suddenly have a machine talking to us, we almost, it's like, uh, you know, how parents will feel when a 18-month-old starts talking. Right, it's kind of interesting experience, right? Mm. Because you are saying, and the kid may just be repeating what you say, but still you're all very excited. That's but true. So, so AI is kind of giving you that feeling. So everybody is kind of mm. happy that they can, you know, sit down and and have this chat and and so forth. It says something. For example, look at ChatGPT, right? It it says things that look plausible, right? You know, so it you know some, but it makes stuff up. When one of my students <laughs> asked about me, it pretty much uh, said most things right, but it also said I have one Guggenheim Fellowship, which is not true. <laughs> and somebody says maybe you will, <laughs> so it's it's, it's predicting, <laughs> right? So I worry putting a system out that can make stuff up because if you if you know that it's making stuff up, then it's not a problem. But if you don't, then, you know, what do you do? And that is where the, you know, it, now it is trying to learn more and more on its own. Uh, how will it know what the source is and whether the source is reliable, mm. right? You know, if, if, we, if we all had, a, a, you know, conversations with people who were, you know, saying not the right things, and, you know, we also learn uh, the bad things, the wrong right. things. So, so that is what, but I think they are trying to improve. Uh, look, I always tell this to the people, like any technology, AI will have its issues, mm -hmm. you know? Look, look this example, Boeing is a fantastic company. They've built beautiful planes, very safe planes, right? 
737 MAX had a bit of a rough patch. Uh, even we had a few crashes. Uh, there were issues, right? How the sensor software interacts and how the pilots uh, interact with that. But it was fixed. Now we are all flying in MAX 9. And so, likewise, AI will have its hiccups. So we should figure out, it's a software after all. I can probe it. Right. I can test it. I can give some tough things and see where it fails, and then I can fix it, right? So this is something uh, we all have to uh, be patient about. Mm. So I think we have to look at uh, net positive, and AI is, is going to be helpful uh, because we have you know all this uh, data that's available. Uh, I can talk more about this as we go on. Personalized medicine comes as yes. a great no, example I'm, for me. I'm yeah. excited to get to that point, but first, I want yeah. to talk about your book, which you mentioned. Yeah. You know, can we trust AI? You know, it's a big question, and I think a lot of people who have watched, you know, 2001: Space Odyssey and HAL, you know, yeah. um, the various sci-fi movies, The Matrix, you know, and the agents, there is a cultural skepticism that's deep that's gonna have most people say, no, we can't trust AI. What is your response to that question? Qualified, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, as I said, there are a few things we worry about AI. Trustworthy comes when you are reliable. Suppose you are my friend, mm. all right? If half the time you are not telling me <laughs> the right things, yeah, it's a problem. But AI is not that bad, right? But even if you, a few times you fudge things and so forth, then I'll be a little careful with you. Mm. I like being with you. I mean, you're my friend. and I. <laughs> right. have, but if you say something, mm, I have to <laughs> check it out. Great right? assault. Right. Yes, right. So why AI does that? Because we are so much dependent on data, right? So if you change data, it'll not do that well. So it has to work everywhere with same uh, level of efficiency, and mm. we are not there yet because domain uh, shift, you know, we call it domain shift, data shift, it's a problem. The second one, can somebody hack it? Let's say you have a fully automated uh, car, you are driving and somebody hacks it. So instead of going left, you go right and then, mm. you know, get into accident. Well, we are working on that problem. Uh, it is sensitive, it is vulnerable to attacks. So the various kinds of attacks, and we are coming up with, we, when I say we, you know, people like me who are working in this field, but it's a cat and mouse game. You know, it's just like in cybersecurity, right? You, you still get patches for security right. from, you know, uh, various uh, places, uh, Microsoft and other places. So second, that is adversarial attack is the second one. The third one is, is it fair? Will it make bias uh, thing, right? So you don't want to be friends with somebody who has a very biased opinion of something. So that's why people are a little leery about right. it. Will it you know, behave well for all the subgroups in our population and so on? And the fourth one is privacy concerns because we say data has become very important. Where do you get the data from? Mm. How do you annotate the data? Um, are you uh, collecting data without violating you know, consent? Uh, with, you know, are you collecting data with people's knowledge that their data will be used, etc.? Right. So, uh, these issues are being addressed, and uh, till that is all resolved to some level of satisfaction, people will be leery about that. But I, I will tell them: look at the examples where AI they are using it, right? Right. As you mentioned, uh, Siri, Alexa, and all of that. Google Map. 
it uses one of the technologies developed in AI literature in the 70s. It's mm. called A-star search algorithm. And I think I'm pretty happy. Sometimes, you know, it's... it's <laughs> it got me here today. <laughs> in the early days, it used to send uh, by uh, the lake and say, okay, <laughs> your place on the other side of the lake. Mm, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in a car, not in a boat. Right. But um, it's getting better. Like any technology is getting better. I think as people interact with uh, more and more, and they see clear evidences of AI making their lives better, mm. right? Then I think it will be accepted. Uh, I think uh, right now, we have Hollywood has <laughs> kind of taken the lead, the Terminator movies, right. and uh, as you say, Hal, A Space, oh, I love that movie. That's a great movie, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, uh, you know, I had a, a, a conversation with Gary Vita, Mr. Gary Vita, he's a guy who co-wrote uh, the Rogue you know, Star Wars story, right? Whoa. Yeah, so we were chatting, and then, you know, the, the title was AI Imagination and Reality. He, I said, Gary, you are the imagination guy. <laughs> <laughs> we are the reality guys. So we talked a lot, and, and uh, yeah, he accepted that sometimes it, it freaks him out in the sense that uh, when he talks about getting a mattress, and suddenly when he checks into this computer, there are all these <laughs> right. ads. You can view it in two ways. You can view it, maybe it's helping me because it tells me where this is all available. Or is it, is it listening to me and, and right. taking control? So that is still being negotiated. Mm. Yeah. In society. Yeah. We'll be right back. Will it replace us? You know, like, will it replace that human either in a, a job or even in relationships? You know, there's that movie Her. Where oh, yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> there's that romantic relationship. And I watched that movie and I was shocked. Another place where Hollywood has really, you know, dolled this up. But what's your response to whether it replace us? Um, well, this question has been raised since the time of Industrial Revolution. Some jobs will get replaced. I'll give you an example. In the late 70s, when I travel, I'll go to a travel office. There will be people behind the counters. I'll tell them I want to take <clears throat> this flight, right. uh, this, this airline, this airport. <clears throat> Excuse me. They will look at it. They'll do the itinerary and so forth. They're not there anymore. I've never done that. Yes, you have <laughs> never done that. I have done that at Purdue, at Miss Lafayette, right? So what happened? So I think uh, web came, and then we are able to do everything on the web. We can make our own reservations and so forth. So some jobs got replaced, but hopefully they got retrained, retooled, and maybe they are designing mm. uh, the web system that helps people to do the uh, tra you know, travel arrangements and so on. So you are going to continuously see that. So when the robots first came, in especially in automobile industry, they're pretty good welders. <laughs> right? Robots, you must have right. seen, you know. They don't have heat sensitivity. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. They're, they're not afraid. They just go and do it, right? So, yes, some jobs mm. there were replaced. But then uh, people who lost their jobs hopefully found, you know, uh, other jobs or maybe jobs in the same place where they'll be designing mm. how the robot should do the welding so that it almost looks like a human. Mm. Of course, we can argue whether a, a robot will be a better welder than the human. I don't know. But or other tasks, right? Yeah. So more and more, th these kind of things will happen. Um, so replacement is uh, is a is a fear, concern, but 
there will be different kinds of jobs uh, hopefully we can all find uh, that's what i think so we should not be afraid of uh, that that issue it will never replace humans mm. ai ai as of today or even for next 10 20 years will not have the common sense reasoning uh, that humans have you know we put things in context right if i uh, you know see a tank on beltway then i'll say oh my god what's going on right <laughs> i know that's not right. right so we have this ability to figure out that something is not right mm. now ai is ai can kind of figure out what is right in the sense that this is luke's face and and so on but does it does it look okay or is that that we have that uh, ability it can create its own parameters yeah but there's that yet And that's yeah. what freaks me out. <laughs> it's like I'll be hopefully I'll be alive in 30 years, you know. Yes. Um yes. like uh what happens then? I mean, that, that's an impossible question. Uh, yeah. No, I think uh, you you never can predict where technology can go. Uh I do feel uh it'll get better and better in what does, but th- this is a big question we ask specific AI versus general AI. specific ai is a face recognition system you know autonomous driving system right a health as uh, you know system that diagnoses uh, cancer and things like that general ai is general intelligence right just like what we develop over a period of time and so on um i think it is good to talk about it but it's like you know i i like to say researchers we don't look for what we can do tomorrow or next week we're thinking about what should happen 10 years 15 years 20 years from now mm. trying to reach that we may make some important improvements but whether we really will tip over for the ai to become um generalized uh, you know intelligence machine i don't think so I don't think so because as I said we have all these other issues right, right? Uh, it gets <laughs> right. it gets confused when the data changes and it can get better when we can say AI is really getting somewhere near there uh, is when it can learn on its own and improve on its mm. own and so forth even that it can only do for a specific task Got once it. the task changes it has to start all over again mm. and so what's at risk if we don't embrace you know ai let's say there's a huge push to stop you know all the ai development maybe yeah. we're past that point yeah. but what is the positive potential you know that yes part of your answer of ai i think it's a very effective technology and uh, we we will reap the benefits of it see when i go and see my doctor once in let's say 4 months mm. The doctor doesn't remember exactly what we talked the last time. You know, they they take the folder. Okay, right. we talked about it. How is it now? Etc. Etc. There, mm. AI can keep track of me right from the time when I got my immunizations as a child. Now, you know, we can do that, right. and it can save the data store. That can kind of constantly mine and seeing where anything going on, you know, mm. and so forth. And then tell tell me, hmm, maybe your doctor should take a look at it. So personalized medicine. you know if it turns out that ai is able to predict something before a physician can do a few years before let us say that mm. is the ideal situation you can take a remedial thing and you can potentially save lives right and how close would we be to that is that something that's you know in its uh, developmental stages or how close could that roll out i think in some specific cases i think we are already seeing improvements mm. uh, there is a method for sepsis detection 
built by one of my colleagues in computer science department, Professor Suchi Saria. And uh, there is uh, a diabetic retinopathy, you know, uh, thing uh, that's already available. FDA has approved more than 100, 150 such AI-driven uh, uh, procedures and mm. so forth. So, so it's happening. Yes, it is happening, and it's going to scale. Wow. Yeah, we will see uh, in a few years people saying, you know, yeah, my doctor has this little box, <laughs> and then he it, it tells him something, you know, whispers something, and then he says, oh, okay, we found this, so maybe we take mm. a better, you know, good look at it. I think you are going to see more and more, and then people will feel that this technology is really there to help them. And so to close out here, it looks like we are in this AI spring. You described it as winter in the 1870s. Yeah. We're in this sort of AI spring right now. How can people listening prepare for the future that will likely, almost surely, include more and more AI? Is there something to look out for? How do you prepare for that sort of future? I think they should welcome it. They should embrace it. But they should be careful. It's like inviting a new friend. Invite, yeah. You know, you know when, how do we make friends? Mm. We don't just on the first day just go, oh, let's go and have a beer and can you come and have dinner? No. Mm. We kind of have coffee and we talk and, right. and kind of see, you know, how the, mm. the rapport is, how uh, our chemistry is. And so, likewise, you mm. know, try AI. Play with ChatGPT, but no that it may make stuff up, <laughs> um, which is, you know, it's a hilarious thing. It's a kind of an entertainment thing, as long mm. as you don't, you know, believe everything it says, so you have to check. So, right. uh, you know, trust but verify or something like that, right? President Reagan used to say that mm. before. Uh, so I think it's a very good technology. So uh, I think uh, all of this will happen and people have to kind of become comfortable. I'm waiting for the day when a doctor will have on his wall, AI is here. Wow. You know? Yeah. Because it, it could save lives. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, right? Yes. It could really save lives. Yes. And cure things that we can't cure right now. Yeah, yeah. No, it will look for things. Mm. And it will raise alarms. It will raise alerts. And I think that's a good thing in medicine, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, Rama, thank you so much for the time and uh, enlightening me and and all of us listeners here. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I really enjoyed our conversation. And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download Podcast. A huge thanks to WTOP engineer David Munchenk for really creating that AI-created voice. It took a lot of work and, you know, really (laughs) drove home this message that AI is powerful and worth learning about. The DMV Download is brought to you by WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, and 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland. Online at WTOP.com. And, of course, we've got a new, fresh-looking website. Check it out. And on the WTOP News app. Have a great week. We'll talk Wednesday.